hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast soundcaster, Mark... Thank you, Bill Haywatt. I am Mark Hirsch. I'm your every other weekly host for Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, and this is Epi 262. I'm calling it Revisiting Old Faves, plus two new faves, and a sad goodbye, too. Before we jump into the deep end, I want to remind you that if you missed last week's Epi 261, clipping my way back to you with my illustrious co-host at a distance, Tyson Saner, in which he featured clips from Three Girls, One Kitchen, Strange Times, and Round Springfield. You can still fill your ears with it up at Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and pretty much everywhere else in the known Soundcast universe. For this installment, I have a sack stuffed to the gills with not three, not four, but five clips from, as the title intimates, three faves, which are namely Wheelbarrow Full of Dicks, Storyworthy, and Monster Party. In addition, I have clips from two shows we've not featured before, 91 Donkey Lane and Death is Hilarious. We're sponsored this time around by Henderson's Pants' new Poncho Pants, which would be welcome news for all of those folks suffering from unseasonal flooding going on around the world if these pants were not fictional in nature. I'm Michaela. And I'm Matt. And this This is is She Rates Rates Dogs, Dogs, the the podcast. Welcome back, you guys, to a fun-filled episode of She Rates Dogs, the podcast. Um, This week, we are going to be talking about post-social and drinking anxiety. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Been seeing a lot of these things get worse after re-entering society post-pandemic, so mm-hmm. going to get into that, how to help. We're going to um, have some Tinder Bio Tuesdays. We'll talk about The Bachelorette, we but will, first... Yep. Let's catch up. Let's catch up. Before we wade into this week's clippage, though, I wanted to take a few moments out to get to the sad goodbye part of this episode's title and observe a sad milestone we passed this past week. Podcaster Matt George died this past Saturday morning in Los Angeles, the victim of a hit-and-run traffic accident. Matt was 26 years old and the co-host of She Rates Dogs, along with Michaela Oakland. Known for his Twitter and Insta feeds under the handle at Train, the soundcast he did with Michaela brought the popular social media page She Rates Dogs to the soundcast world and listeners' worst dating stories along with it. The milestone I mention is the fact that in most of the accounts of Matt's death, he is being identified as a podcaster. Now, our podcast, or soundcast medium, has been around for almost 20 years now, but it's only now being recognized as a profession. And I think, though, uh, through his untimely passing, Matt is the first among us to have the status of podcaster dignified by the mainstream press. In honor of Matt George, here's a short clip that includes his final sign-off from the last episode of She Rates Dogs to drop before his death. Let's talk about another friend you've made that... Okay, I commented on Connor the Cat's photo of him with Katie. She knows saying, I would see this too. This is so sweet because I think that they could be good together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> Matt gets so offended. I'm like, I'm not hitting on Connor. 
I have called dibs on Connor the Cat you since can day keep, one. You can keep dibs. Whatever. You can keep dibs. <laughs> Someone commented, like, get it, girl. And I was like, stop. Let it's me making live. it worse for me. I'm literally just trying. <laughs> like, Matt's going to believe this. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's honestly a really good season. Mm-hmm. Um, We can, like, wrap it up here. But be nice to people. I know that, like, it's really hard to look past the way things are edited on the show. And, yeah. you know, a lot of the time people really do say, like, super messed up like gross things and they're like manipulative and whatever i was also seeing that he like they were saying hunter showed her pics of his kids to manipulate yeah her. oh to manipulate her yeah oh. and then and i was like what the that's fuck? something you should be that's showing a that's a normal did. thing like, yeah they're trying to find love. problems yeah though people are trying to find problems out of nothing matt and i were talking earlier about how he was like i always try to finish your sentences <laughs> yeah. and i think i'm gonna try to stop here we go now <laughs> I have been like I always try and finish Michaela's sentence. Yeah. It's most of the time not right. And, and she's then like, I'm well, like, no. and then I take a bump and I'm like, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> but like you're right. But like that's not where I was going. Yeah, I but told her today I was done with that. Clearly not. No, but I think it's sweet. Um we finish each other's sandwiches. Sandwich. Um <laughs> But yeah, good episode. Be nice to people online. Um I'm not saying that like I know for sure that everyone's a good person. We right. might see more as it comes out, but try to be like Try to try to think in your head, is this a bad edit? Like, is he really doing something bad or are they just putting scary music and they're like cutting things about him wanting time? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. Be nice. Um, we love you guys. Um, our email is sheratesdogspod at gmail.com. If you're angry at us for anything we said or did on Twitter, you can call us at 929-274-3261. <laughs> and um, we're sheratesdogspod on Twitter and Instagram. Our personal handles are in the bio. Make sure to go to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars. Five stars. Five stars. Thank you. Bye. Gone too soon at the age of 26. Rest in peace, Matt George. He and Michaela's show is very entertaining, and I urge you to listen to She Rates Dogs from wherever you get your soundcasts. Uh, They've got quite a number of episodes up. All right, so the inspiration for playing the next clip came up on Twitter this past week when I saw the account for WFOD, or Wheelbarrow Full of Dicks, as it's actually called. They had retweeted a tweet from Spreaker, which had asked them, has your podcast received any media coverage? They answered, we were featured on Succotash show twice, which is true. First in Epi 47 way back in 2013, and again a year later in episode 100 in 2014. They were also mentioned in episode 141 for their wrong side of the argument position of Soundcast versus Podcast when they said, Soundcast sounds silly. Well, Mike and the gang, clearly your stance was wrong, as the world has long since embraced Soundcast, but we're not sore winners at Succotash, and we are pleased and proud uh, at having run the Soundcast gamut along with you low these many years. So, hoping that the third time's the charm, Here's a clip from the most recent episode of Wheelbarrow Full of Dicks, in which the crew reminisces back to the beginning of the pandemic and a little old felon named Joe Exotic. So while you're having the white elephant party, you talked about Joe Exotic? No, uh, we're not doing the white elephant party until the end of this month, I believe. But the wife always likes to get funny gifts, right? Like she's sick of everybody getting booze. So she's like, I'll get some... So she was, said she was scrolling around on Amazon and found some things that she enjoyed until all of a sudden uh, some Joe Exotic uh, air fresheners, car air fresheners popped up. And she's like, 
oh my God, that's right. Joe Exotic is something that exists. <laughs> uh, so then she went down the rabbit hole of the Amazon Joe Exotic uh, gifts and she found like a, a Joe Exotic can koozie, Joe Exotic pillow with, with awesome laser uh, 80s font on it and a few other things. <clears throat> so it was just kind of funny how he came up in the middle of that conversation. And then I was thinking back, it seems like forever ago that Joe Exotic was a piece of popular culture, like a giant piece of popular culture. But it wasn't but a year ago that Joe Exotic had permeated all of our consciousness. That was Obviously only, us a little that bit was sooner, only a year ago, guest. Travis? One one year ago, little maybe a little over a year ago. Maybe it seems uh, like I, longer because we've been living in a Joe Exotic world for years now. Uh, we were graced well, in, with in, in, Joe Exotic on the it. program twice and Carol Baskin once. Uh, so the, we have a long... Mm -hmm. Joe Exotic, if I need to remind you, called us on his wedding day, Travis. Uh, Joe Exotic was That's on right. the wheelbarrow. Uh, his of second marriage, correct? Internet radio program, program uh, on the night he was wed. Uh, so anyway, Joe Exotic, he's been he's been putting I don't know if you've seen this, but he's been posting audio clips on his Twitter page and he, he's been advertising uh, a contest that he is running. And the, the contest is called The Bachelor King. It is a, a contest in which you can win a date with Joe Exotic. That's wonderful. Hey, everybody, this is Joe Exotic. I appreciate everybody's excitement and enthusiasm with the Bachelor King contest. But ladies, this one's just for the guys. So if you'll give us a couple of weeks, we'll have a contest for you women, too, where you can go shopping and spend the day with me. And we'll hang out at a fabulous place and chase the boys in bathing suits. So bear with us and keep in mind, everybody's going to get a chance to hang out with the Tiger King, except... That bitch, Carol fucking Baskin. So he, he put it up that he, he wanted to have this contest where you could win a date with Joe Exotic. And I think what was happening was a that, lot of people were responding that's to it who weren't, weren't gays, Travis. That's not Joe Exotic. That was Joe Exotic. He sounds awful. I think he sounds exactly like Joe Exotic, personally. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, and so he, he released a second clip, Travis, where he was stipulating, guys, don't apply to the Bachelor King if you're not a gay. We're going to have a separate contest for non-gays where you guys can hang out with me and we'll do other stuff. Everybody for having so much fun with this contest with the Bachelor King. But hey, keep in mind, in the next week, we're coming up with one for the ladies to go shopping and spend a couple days with me on the beach chasing guys in bikinis and bathing suits. And one for you straight guys, too. We're going to go hunting, dove hunting or pheasant hunting, or we're just going to spend a couple days blowing some shit up and hanging out. So everybody stay tuned for what's coming up. And I can promise you, my attorney, John Phillips, out of Jacksonville, Florida, has enough evidence that he will be getting me out of here. And then reality TV will never be the same because we are going to blow it up worldwide. So stay tuned. Thank you. I love you. Send everybody you know to the website. Let's have some fun. Keep in mind, he's in jail for attempted murder, and he's having contests that, where you can uh, date him. Catch wheelbarrow full of dicks all over the interwebs and let him know that Succotash set you. I still love that title all these years later, wheelbarrow full of dicks. Love you guys.
So one of the reasons I even saw the tweet from Wheelbarrow Full of Dicks, I'm going to say the title, as you can tell, as many times as I can, was that it got retweeted by longtime Soundcast friend Christine Blackburn. Now, we've only ever crossed paths in real life at the old L.A. podcast festivals, but she's always been game to recommend Soundcasts and help connect me to folks to interview for this show. In her show, The Storyworthy Soundcast is one of the longest-running storytelling shows out there. Uh, she's done a great job of gamifying the format over the years and in various kinds of judged settings, including Story Smash, which you can catch on YouTube. You can see the blog entry for this episode at our home site, SuckatashShow.com, for clickable links to the shows I'm mentioning, as well as the socials for the people themselves, including Story Smash and also, of course, Storyworthy itself. So anyway, I figured it was high time to clip Christine's show again. This snippet comes from recent episode 684, featuring guest comedian and video director Gary Robinson. They're chatting about how some celebrities become so heavily identified for a defining role. Because you, you have expectations of how, how successful they are, how, the, how great they are at their craft. And then that's inevitably going to be disappointing or maybe inspiring at when if you meet them. Like you, yeah. you might be impressed by them after you meet them. Well, it's so funny because when people, you know, when you get to the level of celebrity, it's just a different place. And people have, you know, they'll tell stories like, you know, one time I met Cher 30 years ago and I said hello and she was such a bitch she kept walking and it's like well wait a minute okay first of all you ran into her in a hallway and who knows if she heard you and where was she going so it's terrible that for 30 years you've been saying Cher's a bitch you know get over it yeah I mean how malicious art are it depends it just depends I've met other people who right away uh, say something sexually inappropriate that's not uncommon and then automatically, I don't, I don't like that person. Yeah. Well, if you meet somebody at the worst time during the day, <laughs> they're not going to be in a good mood. So yeah. inevitably, if you, if that's the time that you're going to meet them, something might not go too well. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. I, I try so hard to put my best uh, face forward, no matter who I meet, because especially in LA, you don't know who you're talking to. Definitely. No, Pete. Careers go up and down like roller coasters at every level. And I've seen this from people I know that have been successful actors. And then maybe they have a bad year and all of a sudden, uh-oh, you know, the career's going south pretty quickly. They pick up yeah. the wrong or, movies or, to do. Or, or, or why are people judged anyway on one accomplishment? Like, like let's say somebody was in The Sopranos, right? So Christopher... <laughs> I was going to say Christopher Maltesante. No, but um, like, you know, the actor's name, Michael Imperioli. Michael Imperioli, I'm sure he is known, obviously, for The Sopranos. But 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 why can't he be something else? It seems like this is the only place in the world where the entertainment industry, where we mark somebody's accomplishment. And then that seems to be the end of it. Like, why can't they go on? Does that make sense? Yeah, but I think people are defined by projects or things they're involved in that resonate with people. So in other words, like Tom Arnold, for instance, outstanding actor, but his biggest hit by far is True Lies. I mean, as far as the, the, the title he's known for, he's done probably, you know, dozens or uh, maybe a hundred other films, but people will remember the ones that really resonated or the ones that were big hits or seen by a lot of people. Well, see, when I think of Tom Arnold, I just think of Roseanne. Yeah. I don't even think of his That's movies. Way back. No, I'm just saying I go yeah. right to his ex-wife. 
Yeah. And so now you're defining him based on his ex-wife. So, <laughs> so that that fits into like how there's certain defining moments in our life that that people will kind of go back to. Yeah. I mean, That's it's perfect. So true. We, we keep on looking on the career that keeps going. Oh, he did this and he did this. and He did this series. But we don't remember that. We remember the last big hit that that we liked or that or the big news that he was married to Roseanne. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, you know, people think celebrities have it made or, you know, your hero has it made. Whatever that hero is, maybe it's an astronaut or a runner or, you know, whatever you admire. We still all take our pants off the same, you know? We do? No, I do it upside down. So I, <laughs> I happen to be one of those people that I get like a little bit obsessed with the royal family. Not all the time, but I tend to go down a rabbit hole about the royal family. And part of it is because they're just people. Yeah. I had a whole bit on that. <laughs> but they're <laughs> eating dinner in castles. I mean, so it's just, yeah. it's it's a weird thing, you know? But then when you saw like Lady Di and all her personal problems, that's what made her so special. She made the royal family accessible. There's a nibble of the story-worthy soundcast. You can catch the full episode or more than 11 years of other ones up at their home site, at podcastone.com. Now, I certainly don't mean this episode of Succotash to be a downer, what with the memorial notice about uh, Matt George up on top and all, but I had received a note this week from Rachel Diamond, a PR assistant for a soundcast called Death is Hilarious, asking if I'd give it a listen and consider playing a clip. So I listened, and I liked it, and I clipped it, and it's here. Hosted by Tawny Plattis, a widowed comedian who last uh, who lost her husband George just a couple of years ago, and helped by her friend Sam Peterson, she was determined to channel her grief into helping herself and others heal, find relief, and the power to laugh again in the face of death and other trauma. This clip is from a recent installment where Tawny chats with alt-New York comic Ben Wasserman about dealing with the passing of his father. Ben, thank you so much for coming on the show to chat with me today. Thank you for having me, Tawny. After my husband died, I was frantically Googling grief plus comedians because I was like, there's no way I'm the only person making jokes to cope. And I found an article about these jokes you were posting after your dad passed away. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite ones was it was daylight savings time. And you went, oh, great. First, I lose my dad. Now I lose an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this guy gets it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's just like when you're in the middle of it, everything just winds up coming back to just that shitty sense of loss and grief. So I think mostly it was just like, okay, everyone's talking about daylight savings time today. I'm going to do that too, but also remind you that I am grieving. Mm -hmm. I can relate to that. Yeah. So my dad had stage five cancer for uh, lung cancer for a bunch of years. It was kind of just like one of those things that happens towards the end where one thing after another and body just kind of started breaking down and turning against him. And then, yeah, on inauguration day 2017, like 12 hours before Trump took the oath of office, I got a call from a doctor being like, hey, your dad's dead. And then, yeah, I guess it just, I you know. You lose someone, it's all you can think about. I was still planning to do, like, I took, like, a few weeks from doing stuff, but I had a weekly show I was hosting, and it made no sense for me. I tried to, like, not talk about it at mm -hmm. first, because I was, like, hosting, and you're like, 
you got to be the bell of the ball and fun vibes and like good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the end, but I was wearing a shirt that said my dad died the day Trump took office or whatever. And then at the end, I was like, thanks for coming out. Just got to also own up to the fact that my dad is dead and I needed this and thank you or whatever. But mm-hmm. then like the next week, I was like, okay, I still can't not talk about this now. So mm-hmm. I just incorporated it and turned grief into different bits, I guess, because mm-hmm. it was all I could do. That was my very similar experience was yeah. I didn't want to talk about anything else. And I think, you know, <laughs> it, it, I always feel kind of goofy saying like as artists, you know, because we make dumbass jokes on stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as artists, I think it's kind of impossible not to incorporate our lives into our work. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, I think generally life seeps in to whatever you're doing anyway. But mm-hmm. like, especially with, I don't know, loss is just so wild. Death is like such an insane kind of experience and unreal and like overwhelming and just like complete. It's like everything just gets bound up in it. So like if it didn't seep in, then I'd be like, wow, are you a robot or something, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think that if people haven't experienced that, because from what I can tell, a lot of people are often surprised when we want to talk about it, when it does just kind of pop up everywhere with us, mm-hmm. that loss, that grief. I, I don't know that you really get it until you go through it. I know that was the case for me. Was that the case for you as well? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, yeah, it is... Unfat like loss is unfathomable how it actually feels until you're in it. I mean, there's like comparable stuff, I guess, but I don't know. I also I've had people at shows like when I was like exclusively doing that stuff, they'd be like, "Oh, that was great. Uh, I know what you're going through. I just lost my uncle or whatever," and I'd be like, "That's not mm-hmm. the same fucking thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. You're not talking to your uncle all the time, or like, I just lost my grandfather, and it's like that's what grandfathers do. They they go, um, you know." Mm-hmm. But like, like it just feels so unrelated. Like, I will never be able to experience what you're experiencing. You won't experience how I experienced it because it's such like a personal kind of thing. Remember, Succotash features clips of comedy soundcasts, but that doesn't mean that every topic on every show is necessarily funny. Sometimes we can get pretty deep. Check out Death is Hilarious pretty much everywhere soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. All right, time to lift the old spirits with a word from our sponsor, Henderson's Pants. Because after all, what's funnier than a great pair of novelty trousers? Hello, friends. Whether you are a believer or not in all of this global climate change malarkey, there's no denying that the world's weather has taken on an odd end-of-days look and feel. A day that's bright and balmy one moment can change into a dark and stormy with no warning at all. Which is why the design team at Henderson's Pants has come up with a new exciting breakthrough. Poncho pants. Yes, for the first time in trouser history, or trousery as we like to say, you can own a stylish pair of pants fit for any business meeting or social occasion, which is also equipped with a sturdy pullover poncho that not only comes with a hood, but is 100% waterproof to boot. The poncho, super thin and made of high-density mylar, is compressed using Henderson's patented microfold technology and tucked into the 
rear waistband of the pants. Now, at the first drop of moisture, simply reach behind your own back, like this, and with a good stiff yank on the poncho, as if giving yourself, ow, oh, a Melvin or a wedgie, well, you unfurl the garment over, this hurts, un sorry, unfurl the garment over your head and down in front of yourself. You'll be as right as rain and dry as a bone, ready to get on with the business at hand. Henderson's Poncho Pants are perfect for both men and women. Be sure to check out our other foul weather garments, the Skinny Jean Serape, the Coverall Cords, and our Denim and Duster Western Combo. Originally designed for Neil Sedaka, Gene Kelly, Credence Clearwater Revival, and anyone else who gets those references, <laughs> Henderson's Poncho, Poncho Pants, Pants are available anywhere cold fronts and warm fronts like to smack into each other. That's Henderson's, dressing on the left and on the right since 1837 because we're just that big. And now back to Sackatash. Getting back into the swing with one more old fave this show, it's a clip from a recent episode of Monster Party. Hosted by a quartet of my old chums, Matt Weinhold, Sean Sheridan, Larry Stroth, and James Gonis, they usually sit around, or more recently because of the pandemic, zoom around with a guest and go to town on horror, suspense, and sci-fi movies. They recently had a phenomenal get of a guest, actor Steve Railsback. And they talk extensively with Steve about his long career in movies and TV. A film that he became well known for was 1980's The Stuntman, in which he starred with Peter O'Toole and was directed by Richard Rush. In this clip, the guys talk to Steve about that project, and he gets into what it was like working with the likes of O'Toole and director Rush. Steve plays a guy named Cameron. He's the main character who's, well, he's not necessarily wrongly accused of something, but he's trying to hide out and gets himself caught in like a film that's being made and he does this stunt stuff and it's noticed by the director beautifully played by peter o'toole fantastic fantastic actor and more than fantastic and and and, and it's like yeah, no a legend so this director is just enamored with this guy so they decide let's put this guy also because this their stuntman yeah dies. he's taking advantage yeah, of yeah, he's, yeah so that's we're gonna put this like guy in the film and it's just phenomenal. But, uh, like on, on surface, you could say, oh, this is just a straightforward action adventure kind of dark comedy. But it has this surre it's the surreal aspect of it, this existential aspect that makes it so unique. There's there's like a telling moment where Peter O'Toole, as the director, tells you he like refers to you as Alice and says, you know, welcome to Wonderland. And that's very much what the movie, I mean, the movie making world is like the surreal landscape that you're thrown in and you are Alice and it's, yeah. it, it's amazing. That comes from the brilliance. And I mean, brilliance of Richard Rush. Richard Rush was the director. Yes. Yes, he was. And, and he also wrote he also, it. Yes, he wrote it. But just lost him. Yes. In, yeah. In, in, yeah. I, yes. I miss miss him every day. And Peter says the same thing. You can listen to Peter talk about Richard and uh, Richard's camera makes that film too you know mm. Mario Tassi a brilliant cinematographer who did Midway and all these great films was a DP and at the beginning because back then you, you'd have to wait four or five days to get the rushes back right and uh, yeah and he would be getting tired of Richard telling him where to put the camera you know where to put the camera this and that and, uh, you know, it was getting him a little bit angry. 
<laughs> no, I love Mario Tassi, but it was mm -hmm. getting him a little angry. And mm -hmm. so about four days later, from the first day, the first day of Russia's came, and I was actually watching him. But uh, I'll never forget, after the rushes were over, Mario walked up to Richard and said, Richard, you just tell me where to put the camera. Really? <laughs> yeah, he did. He wow. was impressed. Wow. You know, forget these things that were going on inside of me. You just tell me where to put it. Yeah, he earned his trust. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Oh, this became like a family. I mean, mm -hmm. and talk about Pedro O'Toole. Please. I mean, I, what was it like working with that guy? And and did you guys go out afterward, like, and have these <laughs> drinking binges? Or I mean, no, he, no. he had stopped drinking then. Oh, oh at okay. that, oh, at that well, point, oh, that. yeah, okay. he, he had stopped. Peter O'Toole, I'd never worked with anybody as gifted and as giving as Peter O'Toole. Wow, I mean, I had to up my game so high. Just to be on a level where we could communicate, you right. know, yeah. and we became uh, we became friends. But uh, I'll tell you some stories. But please, um, please, no, God, Peter O'Toole. He's he's when we lost Peter O'Toole, we lost one of the brilliant, most incredible actors, performers that that possibly ever lived. I mean, he was on a level. He was good in everything. Yeah, everything, really everything, everything. You yeah. look at Beckett, look at uh, Lion and Winter, look at the my favorite year, my favorite, my favorite year, year. Big oh, yeah. the last film before this one. Yeah, and, right. that's right. And then, you know, you know, I mean, Lawrence of Arabia is, you know, he they filmed that for two years. Yes. Lawrence of Arabia. Mm, that's crazy. Yes. How brilliant is he? That was his first major film. Yeah. Yeah. Not only is he an amazing actor, but he's like charisma incarnate oh, that's in what fact, it is yeah. in fact in fact he's so good he almost saved the film prometheus with that little clip of Lawrence <laughs> of arabia in that film that's <laughs> true but you that, often that's, said that's but the that's best another, part of the that's movie another, yeah. yeah but that's yeah. another no. story. steve was he did he stick to the script or was it, did he improvise no no too? he stuck to the script okay really wow. Wow. Yeah, i'm did. just curious it seems so, so fluid because it seems he's so natural so fluid so, with those words yeah. he loves yeah. words no he he didn't go off didn't right, okay. but you felt like he was because he's yeah, so yeah. fluid. Yeah. Well, the whole so, the whole movie has that kind of unhinged, like what's going to happen next feel to it. Yeah, I mean him literally descending on the crane all the time. It's like that's he's right. Going, he's a god <laughs> coming from the sky. You know? Yes, yeah. and it's that's like it. as the, the director, he's like the god complex. Yeah, he's the god director. It's great. Oh. It's great. There's a dab of monster party for you. If you download this week's episode, you will hear yours truly. That's right, me guesting on the show for a couple of hours or so, yakking with those guys about movies and the theme of summer scarecation. It's a ton of fun, and you can grab it everywhere online. Monster Party. Don't miss it. Rounding out our true handful of clips, that's five clips this show, one for each finger, is 91 Donkey Lane, a very funny sketchish soundcast that features the misadventures of Robert Bacon and Nate Lopez, who became roommates in an apartment in 91 Donkey Lane, a place described as, quote, magical but very dangerous, unquote. This clip is from the episode entitled Total Recall and features Robert trying desperately to get away on a mind vacation so he can relax. This requires the same technology seen in the movie Total Recall, and the doctor helping him sounds suspiciously like Arnold Schwarzenegger, 
And the first place that Robert travels to is the version of Mars featured in the Total Recall movie. We could go to 1944 France. To be invaded? Is that what happened then? I don't want to be anywhere in Europe in the 40s. We could go to Pompeii. Do you just want to Loki us? What are you trying to do? I really like Loki. I think it's such a good show. It is. It is very good show. Right? Isn't it good? I love what they did with Infinity Stones. Right? Oh, it's it's like fun Doctor Who. Don't spoil it, you guys. Don't spoil it. Okay? We can only spoil Total Recall. That's a good point. Okay. By the way, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Total Recall. Yeah. The first Arnold one. Arnold Schwarzenegger's in it. Yeah, not the Colin Farrell one. <laughs> yeah. I, we haven't seen that one. No, we haven't. But I'll spoil that one, actually. So, it's terrible. There you go. It's yeah. spoiled. Ooh, can we just go to, uh, look, can we go to Mars, but specifically Total Recall Mars? Oh. Not very original. We call that the number one. <laughs> Honestly, if I go to Burger King, I'm getting a Whopper. So, you know, you got to try the goods. Okay, so you want to go whole day? No. I don't know. A couple hours. I don't like an hour. And then I have to sit here. I mean... I mean, don't we have you? We're kind of committing. Yeah, we have you for like four hours, right? We we reserved the block. I got hungover this morning. This morning? You got hungover? What does that even mean? Does <laughs> that mean you were drinking this morning? We are done talking about that. Welcome to Recall with the K. All right. We will now begin the recall process. This machine implants false memories of vacations into your mind. Man, everything's like a golf cart here. Like, the cars are small. (gasps) Three-titted woman. Oh, this is awesome. It's an 80s action movie. Uh, It actually feels good to get to Mars and looking up at all these. uh... Hey, Bacon. Hey, Bacon. Oh, my God. Bacon. I'm a fly. How are you a fly? I don't know. It's my subconscious. You're literally bugging me during vacation. You're literally. A, you can't blame me. Uh, it's just, just my subconscious. I'll be super. I'll be super quiet. <laughs> you can't. You're not being quiet at all. You're constantly making sounds. That's just because you're so land. big. Land. You're, land. Land. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna land on you. Oh, that's your eyeball. Sorry. 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 That was on purpose. All right. I'm on your head. Here's okay. the thing. Is I'm so small. It's, Stop cleaning your hands. I could feel it. I just have this compulsion now. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I am taking fly poops on you. Just so what you are know. you doing? It's just what happens. I don't know. Me? I'm a fly now. We've been on Mars for a half a second. <laughs> I just. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do this. We just. I saw a fly and I'm like, oh. And you know, next thing I know, we were here and I'm flying around. Hey, <laughs> get a fly. <laughs> Anyways, I'll, I'll be quiet. Stop flapping your wings in my hair. Okay, I want out. I want out. I changed my mind. I want out. What happened in there? I couldn't follow anything. It was all spikies everywhere. How did he become a fucking fly? That is the very first time that's ever happened. All right. It goes by what you deeply want most. <laughs> you don't say. And I just wanted... Uh, Nate, and you know what I was? Oh, what's I that? was in nice Tommy Bahama gear. Big sunglasses. Uh-huh. Uh, I was about to get myself a beer. You know what I saw? I saw every color in the spectrum. From infrared all the way up to laser light, I suppose, is the other end. I don't know. Anyways, okay, can you describe it to me? Um, 
you know the way Mozart's music sounds to your ears? Yes. That's what color was like to my eyes. Wow. It That's was, actually very cool. It's it the was, first time I've heard that. Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty wild. It I'm was pretty gonna awesome. write that one down. <laughs> The episode gets progressively weirder after that first trip, including a visit to a high school football game and the Garden of Eden. Check out 91 Donkey Lane on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you know, wherever you get your soundcasts. All right, too many clips this week to get to the tweet sack this week. Sorry, Tweety, but we will hit it next time. Remember to listen for me on this week's edition of the Monster Party Soundcast. If you have uh, seen any of Friend of Succotash comedian Dana Carvey's Instagram uh, postings lately, at the Dana Carvey, and see him using these kind of flat photo puppets of Joe Biden, well, that's my handiwork. For reals. We used to make these bizarre puppet videos years ago, and he started to do some new ones as part of his soundcast Fantastic with Dana Carvey. So he called me up and asked me to make some new puppets. So I've been churning out these weird foam core photo puppets uh, just so he can make voices and do that on instagram so check that out up next week in this very same feed will be tyson saner with another sweaty clutch of soundcast clips for you so be sure to come back around don't be afraid to rate and review our show up on apple or google podcasts especially with some tasty five-star reviews that would be delicious stay safe as the summer wears on and the delta covid variant spreads out mask up inside when you can wash your hands in a thorough manner you you know the drill and if anyone should happen to tap you on the shoulder to ask if you've heard anything good lately please be sure to pass the succotash you've been listening to succotash the comedy soundcast soundcast with your host, Mark Hershaw. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com. On Spotify. On Stitcher. On iHeartRadio. On YouTube. On SoundCloud. And wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SuckatashShow. Like us on Facebook. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. Succotash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio Peace Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Succotash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.